If you are always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. Maya Angelou. Bending Not Breaking, Season 5, Episode 1, Rebel Spirit. are back we're back with another season keyword we 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 are back with another season another season of bending not breaking and another season of the legend of Korra. the favorite the most favorite of seasons indeed everyone's favorite season i i am a big fan i'm not I, gonna lie i like season two i am t- well and you know as i already have we like as we've started watching i'm picking up on things that i didn't pick up on before i'm seeing really neat Lots of neat stuff that I didn't pick up on, and I'm just I'm really appreciating even more right now. Max isn't with us tonight. Bummer. It's worth saying. He's yeah. still with us. He's not with us at this time. Yes, at this time. Not at this time. Yes. He's not here at this time. Correct. Well, he'll be back. He'll be back. I think. Maybe. <laughs> He's got life. <laughs> he should be back. We'll have fun. We have guests planned for the season that are going to be a lot of fun. We sure do. We've got so much to talk about, because this is arguably... This is such a polarizing season for folks i think um and i think part of that lends itself to having a lot of great topics of conversation for us to dive into so true um and so i think that there's going to be a great opportunity for some really cool episodes and some really cool guests and we're excited for everything that we're doing this season and we're excited to get back to it yeah and so season five of bending not breaking is coming your way right now yeah i just i also for all our listeners who've been you know steadfast and with us this whole time, I'm just so, I just want to express. Thankful, grateful. Well, I'm grateful for them, but I also just want to share on this space while we while I have it in the capacity to do so is how grateful I am to now be back in this conversation with you because I feel like I have often missed things in the times where I have been alone that I know would have been better in you know, a communal interaction that you, you provide. So I just, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're back, back in this with I'm me. excited to be back. And I'm grateful that you held down the fort for so long. <laughs> I, I think one of the things about this podcast that I enjoy, and I think is at the heart of this podcast is, is uh, hopefully the humanity in others. And that means giving grace. And that means taking time to recognize when we needed a break or needed to, to navigate other life things um, and having that be okay. And we appreciate that every, all of our listeners have allowed us to have that space. Um, And because of that, we are able to come back and do this and hopefully provide a better season than we've ever provided before. Yeah. So super excited. That actually speaks really well to like, thank you for the grace you have offered us and not having an episode last week. We definitely intended to, uh, but you know, life got us by the horns and so it goes. (laughs) Well, you had the quote. And if we're going back to our norm, that means that I've got interesting choice of words. The thirty-second <laughs> recap. Yeah. Which is that how we think we want to do this? Because I don't want to just default to something that we, you know, have done in the past. Is that is that the best way to, to do this moving forward? I, it is now. <laughs> we should have discussed it earlier <laughs> if we thought it wasn't. You should have made that known. I think we have to at this point. Uh, all right. Well, we don't let's... have to. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. It's kind of our podcast yeah but i'm 
30 seconds. Put you're, it on the clock. You're already I'm prepared. already in it. All right, here we go. On your mark, get set, go. Sailors were attacked in the southern sea by a mystical figure. Bolin and the fire ferrets get destroyed at professional firebending. Mako is now a cop and takes down the triad group with a little bit of a whippy saying. That's fun. Asami is having trouble in the business world, which is a bummer. Korra uses the Avatar state to win a race, which is a very touchy subject for some fans. And then uh, discuss uh, going on vacation. Group heads to the South Pole and attends a festival. I hate fairs. Asami and Bolin go to meet Varric. And Unalak takes over. Well done. One second to spare. Skipped a lot, but Unalak takes well, over. Well, you kind of had to. Yeah, that, we get... <laughs> That that was a thirty seconds is very quick. Uh, yeah, especially when you were out of practice, you know. Yeah, I thought you did a, an exceptional job. I hate fairs. Why do you hate I fairs? I hate festivals. You you hate okay. Those are two different things. No, well, in this sense, I think they use the word festival. Uh huh. It's it feels like a fair. Uh huh. Let me be clear. I dislike state fairs. Okay, tell me more. I don't believe in portable rides. Okay. I don't like them. They do they you don't like them or what's that Rides, dislike rooted if in? If I'm going to get into something, it uh-huh. should not be able to be picked up and moved from location to location. Like a car. A car is the vehicle. If the car was consistently on a track that was like moving from place to place regularly, rides need to be permanent. Like a roller coaster that is permanent. I don't like getting on portable roller coasters. I don't believe in it. All right. Second of all, I think food at a fair, though people love it and say, I, it's, I'm not interested. Who doesn't love a deep fried I whatever? I don't want a deep fried Oreo. I don't, deep fried Oreos are gross. Deep fried Snickers, on the other hand. I don't want it. Really delicious. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it. I don't like it. And well, I don't, I, I, and I don't feel good after oh, eating it. I don't feel good after, but I feel really good during. So I don't really enjoy it. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, state fairs in the in where we live are also filled with a lot of uh, symbols that I don't think are indicative of an environment that I want to be in. That that is fair. So, yeah, and large groups of people. So many reasons that I'm like, yeah, especially in a in a COVID state. Right, or, or a, a post-COVID state, so to speak. I think that the fair... I did not go to the fair. Here's the thing, right? though. Here's the thing with all of that, right? If you love the fair and find joy in it and aren't causing harm to others by participating in it... Well, that's the rub, isn't it? Then, like, like it. then do it. Yeah. Like, be enjoy everything. You are not hurting me by going and eating your deep-fried Oreo. If you want to, do it. Unless you have COVID. Yeah, well, I mean, again... All, let people enjoy things unless those things are causing harm to others. Yeah. yeah. That's where I stand. Yeah. And I think that's actually pretty big for this season. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. So, okay. So let's, we're, we've alluded to this already, but today we're talking about the lens of normal. And you and I were brainstorming lenses before we even got to this season. And we were like, what, what are the things we need to talk about? And that is not necessarily the same ans- same question as what do we need to talk about like in this season, mm-hmm. right? And we thought, I, I, and tell me if I'm speaking for you, but I, I feel like what we discussed led to this idea of needing to address this idea of normal and episode one being a really good option for that. Um, considering what we're, we're diving back in, it's the beginning of a season. It's we are in this state where a lot of people and not state as in North Carolina, where we are, but state of being 
where a lot of people are talking about this getting back to desire normal. to return to quote normal. And and we can dive into it, but I think what we specifically hear is back to normal. Yes, you very rarely hear like get to normal. Get to normal. It's it's always back to, and I think that that's a very interesting way of wording it. And I also think it it really what is normality, right? What is what is normal? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're getting if you're from a very broad sweeps side of things, it's getting to a point of routine. It's getting point a point to what is expected, what is um, a typical state or condition. So, like things become normal and normalized over time, right? Yeah. So. So it's really weird to say what well, we want to go back to normal when ideally if you're learning and growing there's no back to ever right yeah. like you can take aspects of what was before merge them with new new knowledge mm-hmm. and new experiences and then create normal that is ahead of where we currently are so every time I hear back to normal it's like I don't I don't want to go back to normal well and you know what I hear in that as well is echoes of uh, forgive me for being overtly political here is echoes of make America great again. Right. It's the same notion that America was once great. Right. And so how do we return to that? Well, it, it just, it begs the question great for whom, right. It and, ignores the negative states that were in existence prior to all of this. Correct. And, and, and doesn't give, and it's the same thing with normal, right? Yeah. When we say we want to get back to normal, we're, we're suggesting that the normal that we're trying to return to is good. Right now, there can be aspects of that, right? I think of that personally when I'm in like, if I can reflect on moments in my life where I felt like all the pieces were coming together, or that I was in one of my best, healthiest states mentally, physically. What was I doing in those moments that allowed that to kind of blossom and, and and exist? versus what am I not doing now? But even that is still in addition to new information that I have, new experiences mm-hmm. that I have, um, you know, feedback and relationships that are different than when they were then. And so there's still, it's still, you're not going back to that. It yeah. is sifting through the nuggets of the past and figuring out where. How do we integrate our new learning and correct. experiences into what was good and also give ourselves space and uh, grace, so to speak, in a way that allows us to invite a new normal. What was that? What was the speech? It was the 1995 speech that Baz Luhrmann then turned into a song, but it wasn't Baz Everybody Luhrmann's. loves sunscreen. Everyone loves sunscreen, but it was initially someone else's. Wear sunscreen. Everybody wears yep. sunscreen. But they talk about nostalgia being this idea of like, be weary of nostalgia. Yeah. It's typically people who are taking all their past experiences and like, romanticizing romanticizing it sifting it through and then cleaning it and giving you like little tiny nuggets that like were in all of that yeah yeah so you looked up the definition of this what what is what is normal what is what's the set it what's the clinic oh i missed it say it again the usual average or typical state or condition Mm. so what what is that yeah (laughs) right yeah. When, well, and, and when does when does it become normal, right? It's almost like when do things become habit? Yeah. I don't know why habit's coming you to know, my head right what's now. What's interesting for me in that is that that definition kind of allows for different normals to be present, right? And so what's normal for you versus what's normal for me, right? And then as we expand to our 
relationship with one another, what is normal for us. Very right. Much so, yeah. And so there are three different normals there. Right. And then it's normal in relation to my whole family and then normal in relation to the society at large and all of these different things. There's lots of different like for every relationship and every system that we're a part of, there's a different kind of normal that is present. And, a, and an opportunity for us to evaluate that that condition. Right. Yeah. That, that, that opportunity to sit there and say, this is normal for us. Is that okay? Is that how it should be? Is that be? exactly right? Is that what it needs to be for yeah. this to be successful? Um, you know, it is normal sometimes for me to skip breakfast in the morning. Like it's pretty normal for me to skip breakfast on my way out the door. Yeah. Should it be? Right? Yeah. So like those are the things that we have the opportunity to question. Yeah. The the opportunity and we see that in this episode specifically we uh, several do. times, right? So uh, are we ready to jump in? Do we Let's just start have, from the beginning? Uh so maybe not the beginning. I got one from the it's beginning. It's probably not normal that a demon spirit creature oh like wraps around a boat. Probably. Yeah. Maybe it is, but probably not normal. Considering we didn't see it at all. We don't get a whole lot of nautical time. we don't get a whole lot of nautical lore in the in the Avatar verse, yeah. Well, this is in 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 the Avatar history that is known to this point. This is the first time we've seen this, right? Aside from Kurok and the stories that we hear from Kurok's time, we do we know there are dark spirits in existence. Yes, if you're going in chronological order, yes. But you still only get that like kind of right. It's like just, you get, it's very much not it's, normal. And it's in a book, and yeah. we hear about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. I, I Rise think, of Kiyoshi, it's great. Yeah. Well, I think that's in Shadows, but what, you know what it is, what it is. What's the um, first one? That first one's Rise of Kiyoshi. Yeah, it's we, in that one. Are you sure? Yeah. I haven't one. read Shadows. Really? Yeah, not yet. Ugh. What you doing? I, Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we digress. Uh, moral of the story is, I, I think from our perception, this is not a normal thing. And what we're learning in this episode is that it's happening more and more often. We see it once. And so here's, and so here's the thing, and this is, I think, an important thing. Mm-hmm. Anecdotally, we are told that this is happening all over. True. You're right. Is it? Right, like, yeah. is it? That's hard because, I mean, we see evidence of it happening at once. the festival, right? And, so, then, and then twice. Yeah. And well, and and we don't know if that's actually being triggered by what? What is that? Someone being triggered at by? this point, right? Yeah. We don't know if someone's prodding this. Sure. Who might have a connection to it? That's a really good point. Um, but how often does that happen? Where some one thing happens and that gets told like it's normal? I don't. I think of voter fraud again to like become political. This is a thing. It's a rampant thing when it's like it's not actually a rampant thing. Yeah. There's data that does well, like the data does not support that well, that is a rampant thing. But when we listen to anecdotal evidence, yeah, it's very easy to hyperbolize those things. Or so we don't actually well, know if this that. is rampant around right now. Even when it's not hyperbolized by one person, right? We think about how the media can hyperbolize, right? When we thought think about how word know, of mouth does it. Well, like Black Lives Matter, for instance. Oh, violence. No, right, right. Like what is it? Ninety three percent. Three percent was nonviolent. Oh protests correct right whereas only seven percent um i thought it was higher than that no it's 93 um, but it, the the issue well, that specific study that you're quoting then said that out of the seven percent more than half of those were instigated, instigated by, by the, uh, the by uh, the cops correct so yeah 
So that's, again, just another live and recent example of how it the media can condition how we perceive normal. But even word of mouth, right? Like there's yeah. this, uh, of, oh, it's, you know, even, I think, oh, it's normal for this person to behave that way. And that's really and one person's expectation it, right? of it, but then friends believe it, whatever it might be. So yeah. not to get too far down into a re- really well, weeded hole, but I think it is important to lift up that like what we, we are being told by Unilock yeah. that this is happening all over. We as the audience don't know that. See it twice. And we believe it. And because, we believe that it's rampant. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I hadn't really I hadn't really thought about that as something that Unilock might be what in this it may be happening, but also what if this is something that Unilock is doing to serve his larger purpose? When to condense that all into a takeaway point, it's when someone tells us something is normal, there are other factors at play that may or may not be true for that thing. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Yeah. Oh, it's normal for for kids to go through this experience as an elementary school, right? Like yeah, I get boys will be boys. When ex- today, uh, students that I work with were telling me that they had an active shooter drill a day. I refuse to believe that that's that is currently the norm. Schools do it all across the country. Yeah, I refuse to believe that that's okay, right? Like yeah. that that's something that we should be okay with elementary school students going through on a regular basis. Yeah. So we have to push back on what is told, like, oh, it's it's normal, it's fine, or it's think, not fine, or it's but it's happening. Yeah, and I think what this just raises is, how do we question what is normal in a way that is productive, in a way that is useful? And I think, y'all, this whole series is an example of watching how Cora does that. Right? We this is. Season two is the beginning of what will be the end of the final season, right? So spoiler alert, but <laughs> like when Cora is progressing towards what will be a new normal for this entire world and having a new spirit portal in Republic City, right? And instead of shutting it down, instead of closing it, and she is like, no, we're going to embrace this new normal, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to see where it takes us and how it can help us grow. Well, something I appreciate about Cora every season it is a pushing of her own like boundaries it's, to yes. a new normal. Yes. Right. If we are growing and becoming better and working towards a better society and, and us being better, uh, constantly pushing ourselves out of our norm yes. is really important. It doesn't mean that you have to like completely shut down every routine that you have. Well, and we see Cora shut down. It just right? means pushing past <laughs> it, right? Like pushing past I have the like the visual like of like a weird like balloon or like membrane that you have to like just like push yourself out of. I don't know why. Yeah. But it's like being born again. Sure. Anyways. Yeah, well I just <laughs> I, I, I love this parallel that you're drawing us to of for all the growth that you know, the world at large is grappling with in terms of having to reassess what normal is consistently throughout this series. I love how you're aligning that with Cora's personal journey as well. And we're seeing that that growth of an assessment of normal through Cora's experience. Right. For her, she the norm has been training with Tenzin. Yep. I don't think that her exploring new ways of learning is inherently 
an issue. No. Right? I very much don't. The fact that she is wanting to learn from other mentors, I think, is a positive. Yes. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) you've got a very personable, charismatic person who is wanting to be her mentor that is also wanting to victimize her. Utilize her. Treat her as object. Correct. Right? Uh, Yeah. That That she's got no way of knowing. Well, it's interesting because I didn't pick up on the contempt that Inulak has for the Southern Water Tribe. From the from Jump from Street. From the get-go. Yeah. Right? I just, like, I got a bad, like, when I was watching it before, it's like, oh, I get a bad feeling about this guy. And then at the end where he's like, only I can teach you. I'm like, that's the that's the red. F- and, I, there's, and to me. There's a couple of those moments and, where he speaks in absolutes yeah. where I'm like, uh-uh. Like, I've at this point, five years ago, six years ago when I first watched the series, that language wasn't a red flag for yeah, me. Yeah, same. Now, very much, very so. much a red flag. Well, and that's what I was getting at is like when I was watching it and really paying attention and taking notes. I th- prior to that, this was my like I don't like him moment. But now I, I'm like assessing his language the whole time, and I'm like, ow, ouch! He's like truly expressing contempt in everything that he says aloud. Like it's contempt for the change in the spirit festival. It's become you know this pomp. Of you know, it's not it's not meaningful anymore, and it's trashy essentially. Um, I don't like fairs either. Yeah, but you don't <laughs> like like. But you, yeah, <laughs> you don't say it like he did. Like there's just this contempt for change that Unalak expresses, and it's. I'm curious about where that's coming from. Is it rooted in this, you know? Oh no, the spirits are really, you know, really struggling right now. And I, if you had known that, then this would wouldn't be a problem. Or is this from a now perspective, thinking about it? Oh no, like this is all me trying to manipulate Cora to be on my side. Anytime that someone says something along the lines of "This is the only way for you to learn. I am the only way for you to learn. I am the only way for you to be successful in this." Mm-hmm. Red, mm-hmm. Big old yeah, big old <laughs> red flag. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, we hear him make several comments to that at a certain point. It's in, the, and I think he used the phrase "spiritual decay," and like it, it's contempt in the name of spiritual decay of the Southern Water Tribe. It's never a good sign to me when someone harps so much on falling away from traditions. Oh gosh, absolutely. I because agree. and we've had we had this conversation with Ritual and with Casper a uh, couple seasons ago. We've talked about tradition a little bit, but. This idea that tradition needs to grow to serve the purpose and intent that is life-giving. Yes. And so anytime someone's like, oh, this is not tradition. Well, cool. Let's have a conversation about what that is and push to the new normal of what it needs to be. And this is why Unalak is such an interesting, you know, villain, so to speak. Uh, We don't know that yet. No, but... Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, <laughs> but like one of the reasons he's so compelling, especially early on, is he's right also. He is the only one that can it like as as that we know of that can teach Cora how to uh do the spirit bending that he does. Right? We don't know anyone else and we don't learn of anyone else later aside from who Cora teaches that is able to do this, mm-hmm. right? So that complicates this. We also, he he is right if it's one of those things where 
And this again, you're throwing a wrench in it by saying he's causing it intentionally. But assuming that there Not are dark that. spirits, that that's, yeah. Let's assume that they are there, they're present, and this is actually happening in effect in in response to the way that is the world at this time, right? Then all of a sudden, he's also right about that, right? And so it just complicates. Like, how do you navigate when, hey, you're right, you're right about this, you're right about this. But everything else that you're doing, I can't get on board with. And that's what we don't really see, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's really hard when it's family. That's really hard when it's people you care about deeply. And right now, Cora doesn't have a, a like intimate relationship with this guy. It's not like they're, you know, buddy-buddy or anything. But when that dynamic is there and they're you know, weaving this story that is rooted in truth, but they have taken it to such an extreme that it is no longer true, but it is, it is false to the point of extremism, right? That's really hard to grapple with. And so, and so that brings us back to this moment. Let's talk about what it means to be unwilling to shift normality in a culture or in a practice. Because we see this a little bit, and we've seen it in Tenzin before, and we've seen moments where Tenzin has changed before. Yes. It's one of my favorite moments in the first season. I know exactly what you're talking about. One of my favorite moments in the first season is when Tenzin realizes that professional bending is a way for Korra to learn yeah. and grow and develop. Yeah. Really cool moment where he shifts away from his normal yes. and his normalcy to do what's best for Korra. Yeah. We get this moment in this episode where he kind of falls back from that and says, like, you're good at Korra airbending. Yeah. You need to be good at, like, normal airbending. Real airbending. Real and Which airbending. is code for normal, right? right? And, it, and it's also wrong. Like, what? what is that? Like, what is that when someone's, like... Yes, there are foundational pieces in in most types of disciplines that are very helpful in and and typically going to be of of some sort of positivity in when learning things. Right? Piano, percussion, leadership, right? Like it doesn't matter. There are fundamentals that can be used. But to say that that's the only way to learn or to be good or to be have that be a positive thing like Cora bending is a form of colonialist thinking correct <laughs> and also is it's a it's trying to hold on to the normal instead of being willing to create a new normal with those experiences and so what yes. do we see happen we see Cora leave yeah and it really speaks to me right now of what we're seeing is the, the great resignation right the uh all of these staff members all of these employees that are leaving organizations because yeah. We don't see organizations merging to meet their needs in a time that has been pretty tumultuous over the last yeah. two years. And so you're seeing people leave yep. for good or for bad. Some people are leaving to, to go to a, 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 you know, what they perceive to be grass is greener and it turns out it's not. Yep. Some people are leaving to go to the, where the grass is greener. Turns out it is. Yep. But what you're seeing are companies that are unwilling to shift their culture into a new normalcy, but are trying to hold on to what they were doing two years ago. And we're in a different are place. Are struggling. Yeah. We're seeing strikes because of it. We're seeing employees leave because of it. And it's all, you know, it's all because we're seeing uh, an unwillingness to shift what we've done this is how we do it that doesn't fly anymore yeah you have to be willing to change that and so we see that ex happen on this episode when you see tenzin and um Kor's father which i can't i don't understand why i can't remember his name tonrock tonrock thank you tarlock is different tarlock unalock tonrock tonrock yep 
Um, but you see this happen. She's not seeing the results she wants to see. It's not working for her to -hmm. do it the way that it's always been done. So here's someone's promising a better way. Yeah, absolutely. And she leaves for it. Yeah. Who can blame her? I don't want to. And to to. be fair, as Matt, (laughs) like it is heartbreaking to watch that happen with Tenzin. You see the pain it causes Tenzin in that moment and we feel it and the grace with which he leaves correct but i don't think she was out of line and i don't think that she said it in an uncompassionate way yeah well to be fair they didn't like uh, to the point where tenzin accepted it and said you know it was an honor serving you like the they didn't handle it well no. Right? It's not like it, like there they, was they got, they there got was whooped. no discussion. They got, yeah. It was not a discussion. It was a you need to listen to me. Correct. It wasn't a well let's let's talk more about this. Correct. It was listen, this is what's best for you. I'm yeah, right. I'm the this is the way it's going to work. Yeah. And so we see my way or the highway. And that doesn't pan out. Doesn't work. <laughs> you can't hold on to your normal especially when other people are involved. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to communicate and talk and, and move forward with a willingness to be able to do it. So what's the takeaway points? Uh, you know, what are some highlights? If we're putting this practice for taking all of this information and creating takeaway practices from it, what are some of those things that we've already talked about? The, the, for Well, I, I kind of want to re rephrase that just a bit and like in the sense that it's not necessarily what we've already talked about, but what we've already talked about on past seasons sure right and which is most like most of the time the first step is awareness right and so how do we cultivate awareness and how do we assess our behavior and what are the things that we can look for in our behavior that says that we're looking for for normal right or if we're looking for a quote return or looking back to normal and i think of like all the examples that we could have listed and talked about like one bolin wants to return to normal with the fire ferrets he's on the he's still he went back to the team with new new team members that seems so bad and it just they didn't they didn't do well and then asami like oh like oh well i don't know if you knew this but you know because of your father we've lost everything and she's like well we're gonna get back on top and it's again this this wants to want to return to normal which is for her being being on top in the industry and there's just there's so many like this this whole deal with varick where i this this he's such an intriguing this room is full of a culture that has normalized a like placating varick and that's not healthy for any sort of inventive and person Bolin. and then in comes bolin is like i'm gonna disrupt normal right here and say hey you're you're not actually levitating and, right yeah. now and varick's mad he's like why why would you let me look foolish right and it's like i don't think often we, we want there it, there's an element of respect for being told that when we're what we're doing like don't just tell me i'm normal when i'm not Right? Don't tell me and compare me to what you want me to be. Help me be who I am. And that's what I see in Varric. So I, what I'm seeing there in all of these things and all of these moments is when I am seeking something from other people, what am I seeking from them? And like really asking that question before I really look for an answer. Because if I know what I'm looking for, then that can, like, why do I need approval from this group? Or 
why do I want to return to be back on top? Or why, what am I missing when I, like, and why do I want to return to the fire ferrets? What did they give me that I'm missing? Can I get that elsewhere? Right? And so how do we assess and ask questions about what we're actually wanting and what we're actually looking for? Like, how do we put language to what the, quote, normal is in a way that allows us to move past the language of normal? Like, because when I think about what I want to return to that was, quote, pre-COVID, there are things I want to return to. I miss being able to do a lot of things. But what that also, like, were those things (laughs) really not great for people other than me? Right. And is that something that I'm willing to negotiate anymore? And so that, that was a whole big rant. Like what, like how do you hear all of that? What, what comes to your mind? What am I, what's missing there? Oh, I don't know. That was a lot. Um, I think of, it's so strange to me because there's a, there's a sense of me that appreciates Boomy. Let's talk Boomy for a second. I love Boomy. Boomy is authentically himself. Yeah. And I don't think anyone would characterize him as quote unquote normal. You're right. In this show. I don't want people to feel like they have to lose authenticity to be a part of normal or mm. creating new cultures of normal. Mm. Um, I think what normal can be is it doesn't necessarily mean exactly how you show up inside of the, a space or inside of the world. Right, you can be authentically you and be normal for you, and that can be very not normal for other people. Yeah. But if it goes to your authenticity and doesn't harm others, then like, go for it. Right. It, it just reminds me of the Maya Angelou quote that mm-hmm. we started with. Right. Like when you're trying to be normal, you never know how amazing you can be. But we are normalizing other things by doing that and creating a culture of normal around that. And so, yeah, normal is this energy that shifts constantly in mm. a space and can be. A thousand different things you minute come in this room, what normal is. It's a very abstract thought process. But I, I think for me, it's it's just thinking about how people's authenticity plays into what is quote-unquote normal yeah. and making sure that we don't sacrifice the that for fitting in to a space or mm. a thing or a culture. But how do we find our values and, and, and shift to new normalized things. And so, you know, whether it's in this show, whether it's in our society, I'm losing the thread. Um, Bring it together, Ben. What's helping me there is rather than letting normal dictate your actions, how do you ethically shape what normal looks like? Right. So we, we are called as people who are, you know, theoretically moral and ethical to shape normal to to be something that is a c- conducive to loving one another and i think that when normal is not doing that we are called to shape it rather than to conform to it and i think that's that's kind of what what i heard there maybe not in exactly but I, that's where my thoughts were going. Well, so it's one. Uh, so a moment where it, that is normal and not normal at the same time. Yeah. Is I love the moment of Katara saying like your siblings are going on this trip with you. That's a very not normal thing for those siblings to be joining Tenzin. Yeah. For extended period of time, that's not a normal thing. What is normal there is Katara's care for people, 
What is yeah. normal is there is Katara's... Is her integrity. Her integrity and her want to be able to heal others and support others. And yeah. she thinks that this is going to be a good way to do it. By doing something that is very not in the norm. Yeah. And so that is a moment where that is very normal and also very not normal. Well, it's a, and it's a... Katara's quote, normal, is confronting Tenzin's. And it's saying, hey... This is uh, uh like this is something that I, I really want to push you on, and I think that it needs to change. And I, I tend to agree with Katara in this case, right? Well, it's probably important to highlight now, as we've highlighted so many times before on the show, is that normality is not necessarily a good or bad thing. Yes, we have to question whether or not the normal that we it are requires discernment. In, correct. It requires discernment. Yeah. Well, and I love how you point out like who are living into our values can can be normal right and then is it living into our habits or are we living into the and are those habits within our values are they life-giving habits are they life-giving habits right and i just i think that how do we then cultivate what is normal for us and then when when something is around us pushing us to do something different and that's what's considered normal it's how do we politely say that that's outside of my integrity mm-hmm. right hey una lock the language you're using right now is outside of my i want to learn from you but the way that you're talking about my father's <laughs> and my tribe yeah. is unfortunate yeah and not okay <laughs> it's not acceptable yeah i just i wonder how that would be different and of course like <laughs> i don't blame cora at all for not having those skills but what 17 at this point 17 and like who would have taught her that right right. (laughs) it's not like Tenzin has those skills so um yeah I I just think there's there's so much there to think about Mm. wow (sighs) Mako I don't know why I'm thinking of Mako let's talk Mako real quick Mako's hard in this episode because I'm like I so feel Mako because he's just trying his best to do to do it right. But notice what ha- so there's a moment where he does what he thinks is what should be the norm and it doesn't work out. Oh, well it goes for him. really not great. Right, the festival. He he just says like I just I'm here to be supportive without yeah. like any and she was clearly looking for some soundboarding some suggestions well, and that was based off of the first interaction Correct. right he learned that when he responds a certain way cora didn't like it so he tried responding another way pendulum went too far cora didn't like it <laughs> right and then you know this third time at the end of the episode uh she smiles and there's because well, he had probably the best answer that he had all episode yeah by saying it seems like you're leading with your heart and i think that's the right thing to do other than that, I, I don't know. Can we talk about normalizing the power of I don't know? Correct. <laughs> yeah. It is so okay to sit there and say, like, I don't know. I don't have words. Let's I find out. I don't know. Yeah, emotionally, it can just be like, I don't know. I'm here. I, I'm present. I, 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 I want to sit in this with you. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the right step is. And mm. I think that that's, uh, that's such a, a I, I like that answer a whole lot. It's a great answer. I like the I like the honesty of I I don't know, but I'm here, and I'll be here. And you might make the wrong decision, but like I'll be here for you when that happens. Or you yeah. might make the right decision, and I'll be here for you when that happens. And I think that that's a very powerful response. Yeah, I agree. He blows it later, but you know, yeah, in, <laughs> yeah, in the series, but in later. <laughs> 
This is the whole. It, there's a lot there for sure. Yeah. Teens. Teens. Little, little angsty teen drama. What else in this episode? Uh, so the only thing that is coming to mind is I, I also this is the first time we meet Ginger. And I know that this is a, a button topic for you, but thinking about um, the the only space we see Ginger in right now is as like as object yes. in a way, yeah, right. As look at this prop that I have for this new movie that's coming up, and in comes Ginger, mm-hmm. poses a few times, and then leaves. Um, and I I think that Varric is cultivating this new media that you know we are very familiar with as we are watching him create what we're watching in talkies a sense. yeah but it's interesting to think about like the persuasive um possibilities that come from being able to reach people in such a way and how that comes with ethical responsibilities because you're in relationship with people by showing mass things to lots of people mm-hmm. and what are the values that he's putting on screen that he's showing to the greater world. And I wonder if the objectification of ginger is a normal that we want to promote moving forward. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I don't think we do. No, I'm just saying that that's a real thing. That's a real, because that's such a real answer. We see behaviors in avatar and in legend of Korra outside of our, our, our readings into it, but just in general, as a viewer, we see behaviors from Bolin, from even Iroh, mm-hmm. that are set up as jokes that are promoting women as objects. Yeah. Um, to be gawked at or touched or that are in a, in a way with that's, that's the creators of this show also have that same ethical responsibility, yeah. I think. And I think it's fine for us to call out when they drop the ball on it. And yeah. we see moments of that in season two later on. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's worth lifting up here also so that we can pull out of the show for a little bit and think about also the way that we are being influenced by the show. Um, you know, it's not, and not just the legend of Korra, but Avatar and the comics and thinking about the representation or rather lack of representation, right? Avatar for its day was quite progressive, right? And I think about the current day, like the dragon prince, what we see is different abilities and we see, you know, the blind bandit Toph herself is, you know, one who is differently abled and who is a main character. Um, and then we see in the Dragon Prince all of these various characters that are mute, deaf, and they're working through all of these differently uh, different abilities. And I think that it's not just race, but also uh, as we will learn in this series, like LGBTQIA plus alphabet soup uh, representation. It's about race. It's about ability. It's about all kinds of things that are sometimes represented, sometimes underrepresented often, and then things that are, and so I I think it's worth just realizing that what we're watching and what we're consuming is affecting our understanding of what is normal, and we need to be critical of that as well. 
you know, to to step away from Avatar and, and Legend of Korra for a second to talk about some real world implications of that. Absolutely. Um, we're seeing that happen with other forms of media right now. As you're listening to this episode, Eternals has already come out. You know, we're recording it before its actual release. What's Eternals? The newest MCU project, the newest Marvel film. It's already been review bombed by straight cis white males who are upset that there's representation of can you explain what review bombing is review bombing is when uh, a group of people will intentionally negatively review movies on forms of media to keep it to keep people from seeing it maybe Mm -hmm. to keep from going to to make it to make it to dissuade it's a very silly concept because if a movie's bad it's gonna be bad and it's gonna get low reviews and if it's a good movie and you're review bombing it, it's clearly because you are upset about yeah. things and progress. So it's like from a concept, it's very flawed. Can, are in there general. examples of prior movies that this is helpful? Happened to context? Black Panther. Happened to Captain Marvel. Um, happened to a lot of sequel Star Wars films. It happened with The Last Jedi, and so um, it takes place typically when we see female leads, when we see leads of color, when we see um, an emphasis on characters that may have um diverse abilities of some sort uh and and so we you know it's happening with eternals right now we have to push the normal yeah of what we're our normal is because our normal is a lot of white male straight leads yes majority of them yeah and when you see a a fraction of that changing a movie mm-hmm. is working to to change that thousands of movies come out a year one of them yeah. is looking to put people of color in the lead roles and shift the narrative and give opportunities to people who typically have not had those, hopefully provide representation that's positive, and you see mass amounts of people fight against it. We have to shift the norm being mm-hmm. straight white male characters because the reality is when you look at us on a, a, on a global level, straight cis white males aren't the majority and yet they are in film television storytelling and so you know that's what we're seeing right now is how do we need to push that normal and say no we need more of this um people deserve to see themselves as the hero people deserve to see stories that they feel like they can be a part of and relate with Mm -hmm. um but we're seeing that right now in in terms of, of representation and and what when people try to push that normal the backlash that comes from it sometimes well and we see it in the difference between how avatar Korra and avatar ang are treated right by like, fandoms by like, fandoms yep. absolutely like they are treated completely differently um in the fandom and in the discourse um so i just i think it's worth just kind of revisiting this idea that we're not just talking about how normal is with these characters but also how we are being influenced by what we're watching correct and in general i think that the avatar verse is incredibly beneficial in in like in a in a great positively formative experience so you see so many people connect with these characters yeah. connect with that moment of Korra and asami in season four connect yes. with um, Kiyoshi's character throughout the the books. We, there's a reason that people are latching on to that, and, and part of that is because it, 
it's not very prevalent. Yep. So when it does happen, it's meaningful and, and means a lot. And so um, hopefully we are consistently checking our normal by are we the media that I consume? Am I consistently consuming specific types of media? Yeah. One of my greatest checks for that, an example that I use is when I create like my top 10 movies list or like top 10 albums list because I, I like to rank things, right? If it's full of white males, I kind of sit there and say, like, yep. I've done a poor job yeah. of pushing my own boundaries yeah. as to what I am consuming. Um, and that's a pretty that big language. radar yeah. thing for the, you know for me. Well, I, I, and It's like my litmus test. Or, yeah. The, the phrase pushing our boundaries, I think, is really helpful there because if we think of ourselves as in our, you know, what is normal fits within a circle for us then we have to consistently reevaluate what is normal because if it's not in the circle then it's not normal but like wait a second i can just expand the circle yeah and it can get bigger we have to grow our edge so to speak and i think about edges and things like that and i, I like i've just been learning about um like i think about you know what does being on the margin of society mean right it means you're on the edge what does it mean when you are you are differently abled when you are at the end of life and at the beginning of life, right? Babies are very differently abled and entirely dependent. Adults that are in hospice, right, are at the end of life are very differently abled. And it, we have to include all types of bodies, right, all types of people in what it means to have a normal life because that is normal. It is normal to be born. It is normal to die. Right. And so if we forget that and we only center the stages of our life where we are at our greatest capacities, then we're missing something mm -hmm. and normal isn't full. <laughs> and so, like, I just I think we have to evaluate that um, and be mindful of that as well. Absolutely. Any other things we want to dive into this episode uh, before we take a quick break, get into our practice, get into our gratitude, all that fun stuff. I'm, I think I'm good. All right. We'll be right back with more Bending Not Breaking in just a moment. things to do we're gonna do a little new segment today new segment a little, new, little something new new segment little highs and lows yeah a little air bending earth bending interesting it's there there's no negative connotation to earth bending but air versus or uh, yeah you just saying we'll like, figure out a new name for it later a little highs and lows little roses and thorns yeah a little prickly not prickly yeah yeah so i one of the reasons i think we wanted to bring this in is that sometimes we get so lost in the lens that we forget to appreciate the the things that are just in the episode that don't speak to that. And this kind of gives us an opportunity to lift up some of those things that were like, mm, I didn't love this moment or 
wow, that was a really, really cool moment, right? Um, so Sunshine, you get to, let's, which one do you want to do first? What do you think? What do you think? What do you let's think? start with the things that I, maybe something that's a little bit of a low or a little bit of a... All right, let's hear it. I, you know, one of the, I, I feel, I find myself being angry with Korra. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and well, I think it's important to highlight because it's very easy to be mad at her for the decisions that she makes through the show. Yeah. And I viscerally feel those at times in this episode. And then I have to like put myself in check to be like, no, this is a completely typical reaction from someone who, you know, is going through changes. And for someone who is upset or not feeling heard or like, why am I mad at her through this when others are also not contributing to her success by shifting up their norm and things. Mm -hmm. And so like, but I find myself, I don't like that I catch myself and being like, oh, Cora, you silly person. And then I'm like, but like, she, she doesn't. Why so what you... moment are you pointing to specifically? I think about, well, specifically probably her choosing to go with Unalak. Um, but even moments where she like snaps back at Tenzin before they even leave the temple where she yeah. has like a smart remark. And I'm like, but that's teenagers can do that and are still learning and mm-hmm. why am i mad at this care do i see myself doing that and hate when i do it or do i not like when people do that to me but i also have to question those things because i don't like getting smart aleck responses from like mm. students that i'm working with but i also am i not seeing them am i not looking for the reason that they're giving yeah. those responses interesting and so I think it's very easy, and we hear it right. Oh, Cora's mean or angsty or you know disrespectful, and it's like, yeah, but through the lens you're looking through in that moment, yeah, are there other things that we're missing that are contributing to that? Um, so I kind of it's, it's a weird dual side where like I don't like those moments, but at the same time it's probably because I'm like I jump to conclusions yeah. <laughs> or like I'm not happy that I that's where my mind first went. Yeah. No, it's interesting that it's, it's not necessarily what happened in the show, but how it's making you think about yourself Mm -hmm. in a way that make, and mine's very similar. Like mine's my, my low here for this episode is, is Bolin and really just kind of like the entire, (laughs) the entirety of his character in this episode and his reactions with Desna and Eska. And I found myself laughing and then getting mad that I laughed Right. When he's like, oh, who are those two lovely people getting off the boat? And, and Cora's like, well, that's Desna and Nesca. And, and one's a boy. And he's like, oh, OK, cool, 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 cool. Which one's which one's the. Yeah. And so it's just like I, I find myself like, well, if you find them both attractive and like you find them both. Attractive. Then you find them both attractive. Like, <laughs> like there's and it's nothing like, wrong with that. And I just I found myself getting annoyed with myself because I was like I laughed because I like that was meant to be funny. And I felt and I laughed. And then I was like, but I don't I don't want to laugh at that. Right. I don't like that's not who I want to be. That's not how I like, but, and so I immediately was questioning that and mm-hmm. thinking about it with myself. And I just felt icky every time Bolin was on screen because it was about ginger and he was oogling at ginger. Yep. It was about like him being like as your boyfriend or as your slave. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And it was just like, there, it was just, I felt I didn't love it. That, that was my low. Yeah. What about your high? I found myself really appreciating the beauty of this episode in terms of how it was drawn. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's just so many different little moments that I was drawn to as I was paying attention in like just the beauty of this Northern Water Tribe ship. But really, like the this the little details of having Aang in the carnival ride and Momo and Appa were all present. But the moment that really I found was beautiful was when Tone Rock comes in and is water bending. And he just does this really smooth and elegant, like something that you wouldn't expect from brawny tone rock in mm-hmm. a way. And he just comes in and it's just this beautiful display of water bending to, you know, contain this um, enraged spirit. Mm-hmm. And I just, I found that moment to be like a moment of awe in a way yeah. that I, I really enjoyed. I think for me, I love the moment of the air racing, but also <laughs> um, that entire scene. I really enjoy also because of the sibling arguments. Yes. So pri- real prior to going on vacation. And I just imagine them like picking at each other, the entire yep. bison ride and just boat rides and just them picking it. Like I just, it, it makes, it felt very familiar to yes. me. Um, it, it was filled with joy and, just it's those the, ordinary moments, right? Just like that that's just like, like that just felt so yeah much like me prior, like I'm Milo before <laughs> going on vacation, trying to get my older siblings to like pick fights with each other. She said this. You gonna let that happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, she said you couldn't have the. You know, for me growing up, it was like she said you couldn't use the CD player. Yeah. <laughs> like you just dated yourself there. Yeah. Well, had a little, you know. Don't skip CD player that I put on and had wow. had to have batteries for and I had, extra batteries I because it didn't player. recharge. You couldn't plug it in to recharge it. You just had to to use it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed that moment. Yeah. So this is our new segment, our, our highs and lows. We might come up with a great name or you might come up with a great yeah, name. Yeah, let us know. Let's Hit us see. up on them social media. We'd love to hear your BNB ideas. BNB underscore pod. Yeah. But now we're going to move into something that is uh, a bit more traditional for us, which is our... Back to the norm. Our devotion. Yeah, we are returning to this because we continue to find value in this exercise. And so this week, our element is water. Mm. And for those of you, since this might be the first episode for some of you who are listening, uh, well, first of all, like this is the first time we've recognized that so thank you for bearing with us until now but yeah what we do hey welcome yeah (laughs) what we do in excited to have you during this segment is uh we combine our uh our lens with one of the elements from um the avatar cycle Mm -hmm. and what we do is we try to set an intention Mm -hmm. um based off what our discussion was about and what we learned and uh, where we want to go from here in relation to that element. And we switch elements every time going through the avatar cycle so that we maintain balance and think about the different aspects of our ourselves in terms mm-hmm. of those elements. So, Sunshine, I'd love to start with you. Yeah, and let's... Hear your your intention, your goal um, in terms of normal and water. This is so... So I... When we talk about shifting our normalcy mm-hmm. to, to meet the needs, that water does that, right? Uh, liquid, gas, solid. It seems ice. like a very easy element to do this yes, with. Well, yeah. right. <laughs> but that's exactly what it does, right? It's ice when you need it to be, and then you yeah. know it's water when you need it to be. And you know I don't drink ice, right? Like I yeah. need it to be nourishing when it's a liquid form, but I need it 
to cool things as a as a solid and we need it as a gas and so i think you know for for us for me it's shift shift that way right normalcy needs to change to meet what what our goals are what we need normalcy to be Mm -hmm. um and so there has to be a willingness to change out of one normal state to get to the other and i think for me that's that's what i need to do and and questioning where i need to be and and what that looks like whether that's career-wise yeah whether that's locationally Mm -hmm. whether that's uh relationally with with people you know it's just this this idea of you have to be willing to change to fit the needs and then allow that to be the new normal for a time and then you have to change out of that as well um and so i think that that's kind of my goal for the week is to to evaluate those things and just be aware of them yeah i think as you were speaking, it just made me nervous to think about how that could be interpreted also. And cause I think about how water also shifts and changes based off of the environment that it is in. Correct. Yeah. Right. And so water is fluid in that it adapts to its environment. And when that is taken too far, it can also be dangerous. Yeah. I think and it's, very it's a fair. form of conformity that, Correct. that cements what normal is. And so rather than being ice and melting in a hot environment and turning into something else per the environment, it's thinking about, okay, I realize that I'm, I'm quote melting. What can I do to help cool the people around me? And mm-hmm. so it's just like realizing that we are changing, but also making sure that we are not just conforming. We are purposefully changing in a way. And so I, I, I think that's what you meant, but I just, I, I, I think that's, that's an important that, thing to lift up. Right? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay. So mine is thinking about how water is a purifier and Brita. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that, but sure. I I think about when it's the ultimate solvent, right? It's the ultimate. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, yes. It's the ultimate like purifier so when you know a poison is mixed with water and lots of like water is able to dilute it so that it is not as um poisonous poisonous yeah right and so what that does is it makes it so that water has the potential to in a problematic way take on too many poisons in an effort to solve the problem so unless you have a way to purify and rest and play in order to recover then this is probably difficult, but I, I realize that I'm in a position of privilege often. And so how do I use my capacity to purify in this watery element to um, address what normal is and whether I'm, I'm assuming and contributing to an ethical normal, if that makes sense. Normal's so broad. Yeah, it and is. Abstract. And it's just like, I also think about like our intentions just now were both very not tangible. They were both like very up in the clouds. And I, I, I often think that we can get away with setting goals that are, this is a, a mindset that I want to be in in the next week. But I also think that it's important that sometimes, and we don't have to do it now, but I think that we, we will kind of bounce in between Sometimes it's important to have very tangible goals that are easily accomplishable, right? Do something this week that challenges the norm. Yeah, like anything. Pick, yeah, exactly. As long as it doesn't harm other people. Yeah. If it's life-giving. 
So I, I think that we like this is a those both of those goals were if I'm kind of going back to our Brene Brown miniseries, those are both like deliberative goals. You did a Brene Brown miniseries? Shocker. <laughs> you almost made it through an entire episode without mentioning Brene Brown. You were on one of the episodes, bro. I know. No, I remember being there. I'm just saying we almost made it through this <laughs> whole episode. Almost. Um to be fair, I wasn't like quoting or anything, but I, I do think that. And then it clicked, and you had to you had to do it. I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Tell me about Brene Brown yeah. miniseries. I probably talked about whatever I was talking about on the miniseries is what I was gonna say, but I don't remember what I was talking about. Anyway, it is what it is. Um, I appreciate you all for being with us. Um, for this episode, it is such a, a joy to be back with with Cora. I am I've missed her in a way. Uh, I went and binged the whole season and now I get to restart it and really focus. And I'm really excited to get to some of these episodes. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. So much. All right. Well, gratitude. Our favorite segment. Yeah. This is the end. This is the end. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So since you brought it up. Yeah. Who are you grateful for? Katara. Tell me more. It's the it's because of the moment that I already highlighted. I I love the way that she. Let's be real. We're always grateful for Katara. Yeah, I know. Stan account. Really, yeah, like this is just the end. Big but, old Stan account. Um, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. I love the fact that she is willing to, to that she cares so deeply about the people that are around her. There's the moment where Tenzin's siblings are kind of giving him grief and kind of picking on him and and laughing and he's kind of pulling his hair out and the look that she's giving is one that is such there's so much care there's so much understanding there's so too. much understanding there's yeah. so much empathy there's so much and amazing just, how that was drawn i just got chills thinking about right. how they communicated that so just well by her facial but because i i've I've been in that moment where you see something happening that you don't love or you see something happening that's causing harm. Um, and I love that she finds a way to intervene and I don't always do that. And I think that that's really important. And so I, I really, mm. I really uh, give all my gratitude to Katara this episode. I love it. Mine's for Tenzin. And one of the reasons is like Tenzin is he makes a lot of mistakes, but one of the things I really just appreciate about Tenzin is his capacity to acknowledge mistakes as well and to gracefully know when it is time to move on and, and change. And this just this moment at the end of the episode where he realizes that this is no longer a conversation that his attitude is working in he changes his attitude and says it has been an honor serving you and then he walks away and i think that like what how he handled cora in this episode and even that language is troubling but how he like spoke with her and talked to her and engaged with her this whole episode has been hard and troubling but this moment is just so beautiful for me that he can be like i all right this is this is my time to move on and i am going to say it and then i'm gonna move on it's it's like um it's a weird parallel it's like the the movie big daddy where um <laughs> yeah well hear me out <laughs> hear me out left turn there bud yeah, well hear me out 
there's that moment in that uh, in that episode where he uh, where Adam Sandler's character knows that he has to step away for what's best for the child and it is weird to be able to pull that parallel with Tenzin but it's one that both of those moments may like make me feel um and and Tenzin does this knowing that in this moment this is what is best for Cora and I I, I agree I really appreciate that um that level of grace I appreciate that too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Who knew? Okay. Who knew where we would go this episode? Who knew? Um, well, from Avatar to Big Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. More importantly, um, thank you. Thank Let- you. Where can they find all of us? Yeah. BNB underscore pod yeah. on all the things. All the Twitters. Yep. Instagram. Yep. Facebook. We're on a, there. We have a Facebook group yeah. for people who are on Facebook. Just want to join and chit chat and talk. And yeah, we also have a Patreon where oh, you yeah. can support us and love that. Help us continue to do what we are doing. We have three tiers that you can choose from. Lots of cool stuff offered there. We haven't done one in a while, but send us your voicemails, your thoughts. I'd a, love a little, to have a, a little two-minute yeah. voicemail, voice memo to the archive at gmail.com. Big thanks to the archive for for putting us on. Yeah. yeah, and so, but send us a little two-minute voicemail on something you thought was you know meaningful to you this episode or, or any episode of, of legend of Korra. absolutely and if you have time if you don't have financial support and you don't want to support us financially don't worry you can always write us a wonderful five-star review yeah rate and review yeah, love that we love that might even read one we'll see ben this has been amazing thank you so much for being here this evening it's been my pleasure this has been a wonderful night that's our show i'm sunshine And I'm Ben. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye.